0: all right ladies and gentlemen i hope you are sitting down or focused and ready for this episode we've got a lot of really 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 good information coming your way today and we're going to dig deep on a key strategy that a lot of people have heard about if they've ever looked into real estate investing tax strategies or just quite simply wondered about how to save money through their mortgage this strategy called the smith maneuver has come up and it's come up for years and years for a lot of people and we get questions about it on a daily and weekly basis and more so recently as uh, we've seen this maneuver come up in questions over the course of the last few months so we figured who else other than uh, the son of the man who created and came up with the concept of the Smith Maneuver, but to come on the show and explain and really break down what the Smith Maneuver is all about. Who does it benefit? Who is it good for? And really, how does it work in practice? Now, I'm the first one to admit that uh, the Smith Maneuver is not, and actually, Robbins is probably the first one to admit that Smith Maneuver is not for everyone out there, but there is a place for it for the right person. And if that right person is you, then you are listening to the right episode because we are bringing you a really great episode here today with Robinson where he breaks down the ins and outs of this program, how it works, what you need to do. And of course, if you need to find out more about this afterwards, reach out to us and we can explain or put you in touch with the right people to do so. As always, guys, this episode is brought to you by Thrive Mortgage Co. We are the partners here at Thrive Mortgage. Derek Williamson, Dean Lott, and myself, Alex McFadden. And we look to help our clients create wealth through real estate. So if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about how we can help you, just make sure to reach out. Send us a direct message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Last but not least, if you haven't already done so, Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It would be a huge help, and we're going to send you a, a beautiful, beautiful Thrive mug for your efforts. It means a lot to us, and we're going to make sure that it is worth your while with this delicious coffee and uh, mug coming your way. Anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show with Robinson Smith, and let us know what you think. See you soon. <laughs> What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Mr. Robinson Smith, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, we're 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 very interested uh, to have you on today. We're somewhat intrigued. Maybe it's because of your wood backdrop, but I think it's a little bit more to do with the uh, <laughs> a little bit more to do with the mystique behind the um, the maneuver as you've shared with us that uh, you're going to talk a little bit today, and the mystique behind it. Uh, it's the Smith Maneuver that we're talking about here today. And it's in something that uh, we have heard about for years and years and years. It's been around for quite a few, in fact, and, and we're excited to really dig deep because uh, you know, over the past, I don't know, one, two, three years, we've noticed that you've really come to the market uh, with a new light and trying to show Canadians and homeowners how to make some money and put it back in their pockets. Um, welcome to uh, the show today, Robinson.
1: Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, so really quickly, we've got to give a little backstory. Uh, Robinson, I'm not going to take all the wind out of your sales here, but you are a financial strategist and we like strategists around here. This podcast is all about trying to find ways to help, uh, the homeowners strategize to either build their wealth through real estate or their own property. And a bit of both would be great. Um, and you, and, uh, from what I understand have built off what your father, uh, coined the Smith maneuver. Uh, years ago, and you're taking it to the next level, uh, Robin. So let's let's just dive right into it. At this point, right now, why why are you uh, bringing this back to market or or revitalizing it now? What what's with today?
1: Sure. Well, my dad developed the strategy back in the mid '80s um, when he became a financial planner. and He was disappointed in the fact that the Americans could deduct the interest on their mortgage and we Canadians couldn't. And so he decided to level the playing field. So of course he read the tax act as anyone would um, and developed a strategy which allows a Canadian homeowner with a mortgage to convert that expensive non-deductible debt to tax deductible debt. Now he put his private clients into that, uh, into the strategy. It was very um, basic at the time uh financing, well, suitable financing was almost impossible to find. It was a bit of a challenge, but it worked. Uh, and he put his private clients into the strategy for about 15 years. And then he retired to write his book on the strategy, which is Is Your Mortgage Tax Deductible by Fraser Smith. And that came out in 2002. And he spent the next few years uh, traveling across Canada, speaking to the clients of accountants, mortgage brokers, investment advisors, uh, and just getting the word out. Uh, he retired, well, sorry, he came back into uh, advising uh, in 2005, and I joined him in 2006. Uh, and so we were back in private practice. And apart from those three years uh, when he was going across the country, no one named Smith has really gone out there and promoted this strategy and let Canadian homeowners know that, that, that this was available to them. So I was in a position to sell my advisory in 2018 to a colleague of mine, so I did so. Uh, In order to, uh, I guess, use a megaphone to get the strategy out to Canadians coast to coast rather than educate them one family at a time across the desk as I was as an advisor. So, uh, you know, I felt it very important to uh, let people know, let Canadians know that this strategy can help them reduce their tax bill, can help them eliminate their expensive non-deductible mortgage uh, in record time and help them start saving significant sums each and every month uh, now, not later, You know, take advantage of compound growth because it's not easy out there. It's, we Canadians don't have it easy. Uh, I don't know if we ever have and we certainly don't have it any easier now and it's not gonna get any easier with what's going on in the world these days. So we need tax relief. We need to be able to start saving for our retirement. We need to be able to eliminate expensive debt and that's exactly what the strategy accomplishes uh, and so yeah it 's important for me to get the word out to Canadians
0: so with everything that 's happened in the last four to six months with uh, the world events and the economic events, um, would you say that this type of a strategy is becoming more and more important to Canadians today
1: uh, yes I would the The biggest Issues that the strategy addresses is, uh, you know, a few things. Taxation being one of them. We Canadians are consistently in the top five highest tax-paying citizenry on the planet, right? And and we pay more in taxes than we do food, clothing, and shelter combined. And that's not going to change. We're not going to we're not going to start paying less tax, especially with what's going on the way the government spending is, you know, what's happening in that front. Uh, and you know, we're we have job insecurity these days. Uh, and the expensive debt we have that is tied up in our house in the form of a mortgage. We've seen what's happened with mortgage deferrals and, and all that sort of stuff. So we, we need to do something. We need to pull our head out of the sand and implement a financial strategy, which can take care of those issues. Plus see us start saving money on a monthly basis, which doesn't cost us anything out of pockets to do so. The strategy doesn't require anyone to add cash for their investment program.
0: Yeah, that's, that's huge. So why don't we dig into it? What the heck are we even talking about here? (laughs) The strategy strategy, we should probably explain what the heck the strategy is we're talking about. We're just trying to lead our listeners on a little bit here. We've got some secret surprises here for you. So I know for a fact that uh, I would imagine a large amount of the listeners who are uh, tuning into the podcast here or watching the video have heard of this maneuver or something like it, or maybe a word around it, because I do hear it brought up quite frequently. Uh, in, in different conversations and, and quite honestly, most people don't really know what they're asking for. So why do not we just say in, in a nutshell, uh, Robinson, what is the Smith Maneuver? And then let's do a deep dive, let's get into it here.
1: Sure, basically the Smith Maneuver is a mortgage uh, debt conversion strategy. We, wanna, we scrape together a down payment, we go to the bank and we say, can I borrow four, five, six hundred thousand $600,000 so I can buy my house? So let's just use $400,000. We now have $400,000 uh, mortgage, and we've promised to the banker, our spouse, and God that we're going to pay this off over the next 25 or 30 years. Well, this debt is non-tax deductible. In Canada, if we borrow to consume, like uh, cars, groceries, vacations, dinners, and even our principal residence, we cannot deduct the interest uh, on that loan from our income. But if we borrow with the reasonable expectation of generating income, then we can deduct the interest. So there's a big difference between two types of debt here. So now we've gone out, we've got our house, we've got all this non-deductible debt, which takes a huge chunk of our paycheck each and every two weeks or month or whatever it is. We need to change the nature of that debt. And if we have the appropriate financing, which is a re mortgage, you guys will be very clear on what those are, I would hope. <laughs> you know, we're talking the manual life one, the Scotia step, et cetera. With this type of mortgage, and many Canadians already have this type of mortgage, they just don't fully realize that they do, or they don't fully realize how they should be utilizing it. But if we do have a readvanceable mortgage, then when we make a mortgage payment, our very first mortgage payment after we get this mortgage, some of it goes to interest in the form of non-deductible interest, some of it reduces principal. So if $1,000 of that mortgage payment reduces that mortgage balance from $400,000 to $399,000, the attached line of credit, which is secured by the house as well, the the mortgage knows this. And so the mortgage says, oh, you you just paid down $1,000 on this uh, loan you have with us. Well, you know what? We're willing to always have you owe us the original amount of $400,000. So we'll let you borrow that back. And so, What most Canadians do with this is they pull it out and they make a car payment, they go on vacation, and all they're doing is paying down non-deductible debt on one side of the mortgage and replacing it with non-deductible debt on the other side of the mortgage and replacing it with with what? This debt is being acquired uh, to pay for depreciating assets, cars which depreciate, dinners which get eaten, vacations you come back from and only have uh, photographs of. So this is, this is wealth destruction. We're maintaining our non-deductible debt and we're buying assets which decline in value over time. But as I said, if we, re, if we borrow to invest with the reasonable expectation of generating income, we can deduct the interest. And so if we borrow to invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, your business, somebody else's business, investment real estate, then we can deduct the interest. Meaning that debt is very, very cheap. And we're necessarily acquiring assets which are going to appreciate in value over time. And that's wealth creation. So recognizing the two different types of debt is extremely important. It's a big part of the education of Canadian homeowners. But effectively, to get back to your question, all we're doing is using the regular mortgage payment we're making anyways, whether we're doing the Smith move or not, we're reaccessing the equity on a monthly basis, we're getting it invested. Do this each and every month, we continue to increase our tax deductions that we're generating. We're able to take the annual tax refund that we get simply because we're implementing the strategy and use that as a prepayment against the mortgage, Reborrow that amount invest as well. And because we're prepaying this mortgage at least once a year, we're out of it faster and faster is better. So, and lastly, we're also investing on a monthly basis right now, taking advantage of compound growth. I'm dragging on here, but a lot of Canadians, the typical approach, Uh, to their two most important financial uh, issues in their lives, their mortgage and their retirement savings, the answer of which to attack first is made for us, not by us. Because if we don't make a mortgage payment, we're in trouble. Someone wants to take the house away. But if we don't start saving for our retirement, nobody cares. And so that's what happens. We focus on the mortgage at the expense of not investing for our future. But the Smith Maneuver allows us to do that right away and it doesn't take any extra cash from
0: the homeowner. You know, the thing that I think of what you said that I want to digest, I think a business owner, typically when you say talk about tax deductible interest, I find that quite frequently because we do help our clients acquire second and third uh, properties quite frequently. It's a, it's a concept that for someone who maybe doesn't run a business can can go a little bit over their head uh, as to what does that mean? What does that mean, uh, Robinson? In a nutshell, we know what that means, but let's explain that to, to just a general listener who's maybe trying to wrap their head around what the heck does tax deductible interest even mean to me, to my financial standing?
1: Okay. So let's say because I borrow to invest, um, and I do this on a monthly basis at the end of the year, I've paid $6,000 in interest. Now the government comes in for a lot of people before you get your paycheck every two weeks, you look at it and you see the government has come and taken their fair share of what they think is their fair share of your taxes off at source. So you get paid less. The government is taking tax each and every two weeks. Well, at the end of the year, when you send your tax return in, CRA looks at this and says, oh, geez, we don't, they don't, this person doesn't owe that much tax. We took too much tax. We have to give them some money back and there's your tax refund. And so basically if I pay $6,000 in in deductible interest throughout the course of the year, that ends up being uh, subtracted from my taxable income. So, this generates uh, a tax refund. If it's non-deductible interest of six thousand dollars, I'm paying, then I don't get that that tax deduction or the resultant refund.
0: That's yeah, no, perfect. That's a great explanation. Thank you so much. And the reason I want to want to really break these things down is because I, I find quite frequently some of these those little concepts are the ones that are missed by people, and it's those are the big ones that once they once someone hears this, Robinson, they're gonna they're going they're gonna understand what the power of that really is, whether it's 5,000, 10,000 or $15,000 to reduce that as a business owner. If, if you're a business owner listening to that, that's even more important in some circumstances, as we all know about the opportunity to reduce our expenses or reduce yeah. our taxes by adding or, or maneuvering expenses. Yeah.
1: And another way to, another way to put it is, you know, $6,000 in non-deductible interest that's gone. I've, I've paid that, but if it's, if it's tax deductible, uh, then let's say I'm at the, Fifty percent marginal tax rate, just to make the math easy for me. If I've paid six thousand and the government didn't know it uh, in deductible interest, and the government didn't realize that they didn't know about it throughout the year, because I'm at the fifty percent tax refund I, uh, tax bracket, I get five, uh, three thousand dollars back as a refund. So that's three thousand dollars that I've already paid. I get it back.
2: It's that goes a advantage. long way goes a long way um, in regards to the investment component to this, what would you say is the most common investment that you see people taking on like is it people putting money into the markets? obviously someone looking to you know buy an investment property as you're paying down $1,000 dollars a month you're not going to have that down payment uh, you know very quickly, right so what is your what are you kind of seeing from that side of it?
1: Yeah um, it, it varies uh, you know I, I'm, I'm not an investment advisor anymore. Uh, there are a lot of people who uh, are do it yourselfers. And so they have say a quest trade account and they, and they buy index funds, re ETFs or whatever. Uh, there are a lot of people who realize that they're not professional financial advisors and they need some help or should get some help. And so then they go talk to an investment advisor uh, and maybe it's mutual funds. Maybe it's uh, different stocks. There's a whole range of things that you can invest in. Now, uh, whether you are investing wisely or not, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. This is a long-term strategy. This is a till-death strategy. As long as it gets, and we're talking about your family's future security. So you don't want to take this monthly borrowing to invest in your cousin's internet startup. Um, you know, well, buddy said this is the next hot stock. Go into something safe. Go into something you understand. Um, now, when you mention real estate. I'm sure a lot of your listeners uh, are relatively familiar with the fact that, okay, I've, I've had my house for a while. I've paid the mortgage down a bit. I've got some equity. I'm going to go slap a HELOC on my house, and I'm going to pull out the 80 grand I have available to me, and I'm going to use it as a down payment on, on a rental property, right? Through the Thrive Boys. Great. Now you've got a rental property. What you've done is, is pulled from your, your home, in order to invest whether you realize it or not and the interest on that is tax deductible fantastic that's great you're doing the right thing here you're borrowing to invest not borrowing to consume but for someone who's in, for someone who needs wants to implement the smith maneuver they can do that as well if they refinance their home but get the right mortgage product they can still access that that equity they have immediately available to them and use that as a down payment on a rental property But now they have the ability, because it's not just a HELOC with a fixed limit, it's a re mortgage, now they have the ability to work at converting their non-deductible debt because the limit on that line of credit increases month after month after month. So the right mortgage product is crucial to being implemented. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see is people on the internet forums, people, everybody listening, do not take any advice on the strategy from the internet. You're going to blow yourself up. There's so much misinformation. But that's what a lot of people are saying. Oh, the Smith Maneuver, all you got to do is, you know, maybe you've got a Royal Bank traditional mortgage. You can go to Scotia if you want, get a HELOC in second position, pull it out, invest it. There's the Smith Maneuver. No, that is not the Smith Maneuver. So it's very important that you have the right financing.
2: Can you, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to touch on the, like, how much of this is tax deductible? Like, if I just squeaked into my home, I got the 20% down that I needed. I got a reinventable mortgage, and now I'm sitting with a 400k mortgage. As per your example, like is that entire 400k going to be tax deductible? Like the amount of interest that I'm paying on that 400k is what's tax deductible, or is it the portion that I'm actually utilizing to invest?
1: Yeah, the the day you start with 400 thousand dollars in non deductible debt, you will with the Smith maneuver, the plain Jane Smith maneuver, most basic form maybe you're out of it three years earlier, again, with no new money from yourself, but maybe you're out of it three years earlier. So for 22 years, you're going to have non-deductible debt, albeit less and less and less and less on a monthly and annual basis. It's what you're replacing that with, the reborrowing, right? Dollar for dollar. When you pay down a thousand, I'm reborrowing a thousand. That is the thousand dollars that I'm borrowing to invest. So the interest on that is deductible. When I borrow that initial 400,000 to buy my house, I'm i'm using i'm borrowing that to buy a consumption item which is my principal residence there's no reasonable expectation of generating income from the house i live in you know suites are a different story you can deduct the interest on a portion of that but generally i don't expect to generate income from my home so i cannot deduct the interest so it's that monthly reborrowing and just to continue on you know we were talking about investing each month in securities you can also you know Say you want to get into investment real estate, or you want your second piece, whatever. If you're reborrowing to invest a thousand, twelve hundred, twenty-five hundred bucks a month, then you can invest in something that's relatively stable. It's going to grow over time, and then it, it builds up to fifty k, seventy k, whatever the case may be, over a few years. Now you can redeem that security, that asset for cash, and then use it as a down payment on a rental property. But you're taking advantage of compound growth in the meantime.
2: Right. That makes it's sense.
1: Use the equity you're generating in your house as quickly as you can, like the wealthy do. They understand the two types of debt, non-deductible and deductible very, very clearly, and they embrace debt, but the right type of debt.
2: For sure. So, so essentially what's going to end up happening is if you do pay, say, 100K off of your principal, you're still going to have a 400K balance because you're just readvancing that 100K back into whatever investment you've chosen.
1: That's right. After X number of years, my 400 non-deductible debt's gone down to 300, but I have 100 of tax deductible debt. And that's what's allowing me to acquire those assets, which are gonna grow over time. And that's what's gonna reduce my tax bill. And that's what's gonna send me a tax refund, enabling me to get out of that initially 400K mortgage uh, much quicker. Right.
2: Can you explain why you cannot just go and get a HELOC and use it in the Smith Maneuver compared to a re sure. like a step mortgage? Sure.
1: So, So let's say, I've got a a $300,000 mortgage balance, just a traditional mortgage. And my house is worth $500,000. So I go, I say, I want to pull money out of my house because I want to buy rental property. So I go and slap a HELOC uh, using a mortgage broker or go to the bank, whatever. I slap slap a HELOC on there and there's $100,000, ignoring the 65% HELOC rule here. There's $100,000 of immediately available credit. Now I still got three hundred non-deductible debt. Now I have hundred thousand dollars of deductible debt because I pulled it out as a down payment on a rental property. But once I borrow that hundred thousand dollars, I have no more borrowing power from that, it's right? Unless I reappraise and go back to the uh, right. lender from the HELOC and they extend the limit, and that costs money, and I have to wait over time to do that. But if I have a readvanceable mortgage, Manulife, one Scotia, step, a bunch of them, MCap Fusion, whatever the case may be and I have that $300,000 non-deductible debt, I get my readvanceable mortgage and because of the value of my house and the current mortgage balance I have, they will also, on the line of credit portion, give me immediately available $100,000. So I pull that out, I get my rental property. However, the the first day of the next month when I make my regular mortgage payment against that $300,000 non-deductible mortgage debt, it goes down to $299,000, but that line of credit limit opens up $1,000. So now the limit on that is $101,000. So I can pull out that extra 1000 and invest. Same thing month two, month three, month four, month five.
2: Gotcha. It makes yeah, perfect sense.
0: Makes a lot of sense, uh, Robinson. And uh, we appreciate you breaking it down uh, in that, uh, that clear manner from that standpoint. You know, uh, in the last two years, it's been really interesting in the lending space where because of uh, the current events, we've seen interest rates uh, come down dramatically uh, to the point right now where they're in the... Uh, high ones, low twos for most mm-hmm. families that are restructuring their, their homes. Some people may already have the strategy in place and some people may not. One of the biggest challenges that we find for people choosing not to refinance and take advantage of this debt, even though we quite commonly, and we actually have calculators to show our clients where they can save money is, is a fear of the prepayment penalty. So the penalty, uh, yeah. mortgage which can be monstrous in many circumstances. And the second thing is just just not knowing and understanding the numbers and the whys behind it. So so again, maybe not forgetting about the fact that there's a giant prepayment penalty. Maybe tell us, with those big prepayment penalties, what is the advice that you're providing to people who are considering doing this now and are wondering, is it worth me paying this penalty to do this today? Right.
1: Right. Firstly, I don't provide any of that advice. I'm the guy that, wrote the book i sit back in my office uh read the newspaper and eat big cookies right what i'm doing is training up financial professionals across the country so realtors mortgage brokers investment advisors mortgage conveyancers insurance agents and accountants so when someone comes to me and says "Um, i am kelly from calgary i'm uh, terry from toronto i'm looking for a smith mover certified professional Uh, what? Sometimes they ask for an accountant. Sometimes they ask for a mortgage broker. So I send them to that mortgage broker who's closest to them. And the mortgage broker does that analysis. Now, there, there have been penalties in the five figures. So huge penalties, which after an analysis is worth paying. You know, there's four years left in the term, the old rate versus the new much lower rate. Yes, that creates a huge penalty, but the savings over over the, the new term uh, almost makes it worthwhile by itself, not quite, but then you throw in the fact that during this period of time, I am now investing for compound growth. I'm reducing my tax bill, plus I'm prepaying my mortgage. Then that math tips over in favor of refinancing, even if you're paying 10, 20,000 bucks. And it's, it's hard to believe, but we know that math doesn't lie. Um, and a lot of people are going to say, you know what, you've shown me the math works that it's worth paying this penalty, but I refuse to pay that penalty. I, you know, <laughs> just on principle and that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But for those who, who rely on numbers, uh, sometimes it is worth it. Sometimes it's not, but that's one of the things you have to look at. What are the savings? And you guys know how to do that very well. Uh, what are the savings by uh, absorbing that penalty? But then you got to tack on the other financial benefits of of Smith move implementation, uh, and a lot of times it'll take you over
2: the edge if you were close to begin with. Go ahead. One of the things that one of the things I've noticed after reading your material, and and you've mentioned this a couple of times, is the, the accelerators. What what is that? Can you maybe explain a little bit about what is an accelerator and why somebody would look at that as part of the strategy? Yeah,
1: the the plain Jane Smith maneuver, just to reiterate, is using only the regular mortgage payment that you're using anyways, whether you're doing the strategy or not, right? Uh, the accelerators um, also do not require you to come up with any additional personal cash flow. Uh, you can if you want, but you don't have to. And some uh, none, some maybe or all of them are available to any given homeowner. But there's there's five accelerators. The first one being the debt swap. Many people, it's not uncommon to have 10 grand, 30 grand, whatever, built up in securities. They've saved over the course of time. They're trying to put away for their retirement. So they got, let's say, $30,000 in mutual funds. What they can do with the appropriate financing, this readvanceable mortgage, we're going to want to look at taxation. We're going to want to look at prepayment allowance on the mortgage. But what they can do is sell this mutual fund that they have that's worth $30,000, take the cash that they, they get subsequently and make that as a prepayment against their mortgage. Then when that line of credit limit opens up dollar for dollar as it does, they reborrow that $30,000 and they can buy the exact same investment that they had a week, 10 days earlier. So they're still invested 10 grand, but they've just immediately converted $10,000 in non-deductible debt to $10,000 of deductible debt. And that does wonderful things to your tax bill, obviously. Hmm. So that's a debt swap. There's the cash flow diversion if I've been investing $400 a month religiously from my personal checking account, which is where my, my employment payment comes in, maybe I'm investing, let's say 300 bucks a month into mutual funds. That's how I built up that $30,000 in mutual funds. Well, instead of investing directly from my checking account, I take that $300 and I make a prepayment against my mortgage. And I do this each and every month. I make a prepayment against my mortgage of that 300 above and beyond my regular mortgage payment. And when that limit on the line of credit opens up, I pull that $300 out and then I buy that mutual fund or the stock or or whatever it is. So I'm still only out of pocket $300, which I was before I was doing the strategy, but I'm just making it work more than once. I'm not only getting it invested for growth, I'm also using it to get rid of my mortgage faster and also using it to increase my tax deductions. That's the cash flow diversion. There's... The drip accelerators, take uh, any dividends that your investments are earning, your stocks, your mutual funds, don't have them reinvest automatically as most people do. Uh, Quarterly, yearly, whatever it is, when they're available, you can say, hey, don't reinvest automatically, give me that cash, take that cash, prepay your mortgage, borrow it back, and then buy more units of the fund or shares of the stock. There's prime the pump. We were talking about this effectively earlier, whereas if I refinance and I have immediately available credit, I can pull that out, 30,000, 50, 100K, I can pull that out and invest directly in securities. I can use it to invest in real estate. I can invest in my business, somebody else's business. But right then, I'm generating tax deductions and I'm also getting invested for growth. Now, if I use that to buy my first investment property, as long as it's a proprietorship, I like oh, this property is owned in my name, not in a corporation, then I can implement the cash flow down. What most people with a a rental property do, um, which is technically correct, is they'll take $3,000 from their renter each month, and they'll turn right around and make a mortgage payment on that rental property. You got a mortgage on that rental property, you got to pay. I'm gonna use my renter's, uh, the the rent to do so, that's great. Rent comes in, I turn around and pay the mortgage. Well, they're missing out on a very valuable opportunity, because what they can do is, if it's proprietorship, take that $3,000 in rental receipts, and prepay their own mortgage, the house in in which they live. Down that non-deductible mortgage balance goes by $3,000. The line of credit limit opens up $3,000, and then I pull it out and I make the the, uh, mortgage payment and other expenses on my business, that rental, and I can deduct the interest on that because I'm borrowing to invest with the expectation of generating income. My business, my rental property, I can deduct the interest. And if I'm prepaying my own mortgage by two thousand, three thousand bucks a month on top of the regular mortgage payment, on top of the cash flow diversion of three hundred bucks a month, That's, that uh, we're, seeing, we're seeing amortizations going from twenty five years to well under ten.
2: I can imagine. That's really cool. I've never thought of that. So I have a question on all this. Have you ever gone toe to toe with CRA on this strategy? Totally. Mm. Yeah.
1: I I have not. Um, my dad did when when he uh, when he uh, wrote his book. His offices were uh, in in Samishin, just north of Victoria here. And uh, Luann, who who still works with us today, is sitting in the front office. And in walk two gentlemen. And uh, yes, we're agents from the CRA. We'd like to talk to Mr. Smith, please. Um, do you have an appointment? No, we're the CRA. We don't make appointments. <laughs> so <laughs> dad was in the office and Luann Fraser said, yeah, bring one in. So Mr. Smith, we want to hear about the Smith maneuver you're talking about. And so dad, as as he did, he got out a sheet of white paper and picked up his pencil and draws the mortgage and conventional mortgage. And here's the readvanceable mortgage. And here's what happens with the mortgage payment. Here's what you do. And here's the accelerators and all that stuff. And about three quarters of the way through it, one of the CRA agents leaned forward and said, would this work with a $75,000 mortgage?
2: <laughs>
1: and, well, dad knew he had them, right? But, okay. you know, it, so they left and Fraser never heard from them again, which is, you know, you're not going to get much more of an endorsement from the CRA. Yeah, But, you know, it's, they they understood that this is all completely legal. We're doing the, the, what the techniques of the wealthy, borrowing to invest, generate tax deductions, accrue assets, which otherwise you weren't, able to do now this is available to your average canadian homeowner and that's that's all we're doing is we're borrowing to invest for the reasonable expectation of generating income now there there i when i was an advisor i put cra employees into the smith um, but they're uh, lawyers uh, accountants police officers um, pilots engineers i mean you name it judges i'm pretty sure so yes the legality of it uh you know, when you look at the smith calculator, which I have developed, you you start seeing these numbers and you start thinking, how can this be possible without any new cash flow from my pocket? How can this be possible? How can the government be willing to give back so much in tax refunds across Canada? How could they be willing to do so? And the answer is, because it's good for Canada. The CRA knows that if I borrow to invest, yes, they have to give me a tax deduction, results in a refund. What's the benefit of that? Well, the benefit is I'm borrowing to invest. I'm borrowing into business. I'm helping build business. By me investing in business, by all these hundreds of thousands of Canadians investing in businesses, these businesses are able to grow. These businesses then have more income that the CRA can tax. Because they're growing, they have to uh, hire more employees whom the government can tax. So it's, it's, it's good all the way around. It's, it's just giving money back to the homeowner so that they can get more from, from business and employees. Right. So, so they know that it's, it's, no one's losing here. Right.
2: Like you, you mentioned some fantastic, like these accelerators, fantastic ideas. Like these are really good nuggets for somebody to take away when I, when I have this conversation, all I'm thinking of, like, I need to do this myself, right? Like this is, this is gold, but why would somebody potentially not do this? Like what, what are some of the risks that somebody should consider before looking at the strategy? Yeah.
1: Well, with this strategy, uh, the, the older one is typically the less period of time there is until they want to slow down or retire. So the the less period of time there is for this, this money to grow compound for them. Now, that's not to say someone who's 55 or 60 shouldn't seriously look at it, because if if they can generate deductions versus not generate deductions, they're better off with deductions. They're better off by investing for their future now, but they're not going to see as big a benefit. It's the younger you are, the more benefit there is. also the higher tax bracket you're in, the more benefit there is because you and I can earn the same amount of deductions. But if you're at a higher marginal tax rate than I am, you're going to get a bigger refund than I will. But still, I'm happy with any refund, I would think. Um, one of the biggest things is, you know, investor know thyself, right? If you, if you are the type of person who is so debt averse that the idea of maintaining your debt, which is what we're asking the homeowner to do here, um, if that gives you the chills, then you know, don't force yourself to do this because sleep at night factor is just as important for quality of life as having more money in retirement. Right? We don't want to be stressed out by the time we get to enjoy that money. So you know, if you don't have the risk tolerance, if you can't stomach market fluctuations, um, then try some other strategy.
0: So yeah, we couldn't agree more on that piece. Uh, we have the same conversation of someone who just doesn't feel comfortable with the variable rate mortgage, just in general, those little pieces like that. Again, if it's, if, it, if it's going to make you that uncomfortable, then it doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Exactly. But to yeah. your uh, Robinson, to your, to your point, I mean, you shared a lot of great examples here and, and some of the ones that struck a chord with us were uh, uh, I, I think the, uh, the real estate investment concept that you explained there, which was great and well broken down. And I'm sure some of the listeners are going to hear that piece. Um, you know, for anyone listening, I'm just going to tease this right now because we're not finished yet, but we're going to, we're going to post a separate video with Robinson on our platforms where he's going to walk through what he calls his, uh, Smith calculator, Smith man calculator, I believe. Is that right? Robinson, the right name for it.
1: That's correct. Yep.
0: Yeah. So he's going to tease that out. We'll, we'll put a separate video up on the channel that you guys can, can check that out if you want to see it in action and so forth, but I guess uh, to, to my piece, uh, the, the, just the mechanics is what I'm kind of interested in at this point right now. So someone is already doing this uh, this maneuver and um, you know, maybe they, maybe they are someone who's been doing it for two or three years and now they want to take advantage of uh, an increase in property value or reduction in interest rates or something of that nature. Is there anything that they need to be aware of aside from just refinancing into a similar type of product? Uh, when considering continuing with this program? Is there anything that we should be aware of there or is it just a matter of just tracking expenses?
1: Well, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's important that, you know, you use a Smith & Hoover certified professional mortgage broker, um, investment advisor, accountant. There are things to be aware of. Um, firstly, going through the monthly process when you're in the strategy is very important. You don't want to mix two types of debt uh, and all that sort of fun stuff. But if you're if you're simply, Uh, refinancing to access more equity. Chances are that your, your lender, you can stay with your lender and they'll just up the limit and you can pull it out and leave all the existing current tracking that you have in place. The, the tricky part comes when as happens all the time, I want to sell the house I'm in and move to another house and I'm halfway through the Smith maneuver. What do I do? Well, there's a way to deal with that. Um, but again, you, you need to understand how this process works, and that's why you need these certified brokers and conveyancers, etc. et cetera, because it's possible to transfer the deductible debt that you've accrued on the house you're selling over to the house that you're buying now. And that way, the new mortgage on the new house doesn't all have to be non-deductible again, and you gotta start fresh. So it's important to know uh, how to structure that transaction uh, and that's what the, the Smith University certified professionals understand very clearly. But the point is, is that if I'm if I understand that I'm not in my forever home, if I know that I'm going to be moving in the future, that does not stop me from taking advantage of the strategy because there is a way to transfer that debt and keep on going. So, um, yeah, there's there's things to know, but but it's possible to do absolutely.
0: Um, uh, uh, what about this, uh, uh Robinson average, uh, con- consumer that you see is if there, maybe there is one, I know there's different, um, uh, values of homes across the country, but maybe we can just speak to your experience in the past, uh, or maybe you have a, a general, uh, kind of ideal client that you could share with us. Could you share with like an average story as to what someone's uh, situation could be, how much they would actually quantify how much money that they would potentially save, uh, on their taxes or situation, is there a, maybe a, a situation that you could uh, let us know of?
1: Yeah, well, we're going to have fun, you know, in the next segment. I guess going through the Smithman calculator, uh, but generally, you know, what I see is the average Canadian. You know, they're 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 not wealthy, they're not poor. They're uh, uh, you know they're making hundred, hundred and fifty grand a year. They got a house and family, and 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 maybe one or both are working we're looking probably over the course of a typical 25 year amortization, uh, a net worth improvement of around $400,000 and taking off two and a half, three years of the amortization of the mortgage, just doing the plain Jane Smith maneuver. So again, that's just the regular mortgage payment, taking advantage of that. Um, We throw in the accelerators and then uh, things start to pick up pretty quickly.
0: Interesting. Awesome. Well, that's uh, no, that's good stuff. I mean, you've given us a really good feedback here. I, I want to leave some uh, conversations uh open to kind of continue to pick up here uh, going forward as we as we move into kind of a separate scene where we'll go through this. But I think for anybody uh, who wants to learn uh, more about this, you know we we have some feedback here that uh, Robinson has a uh, i believe it's a newer book out at this point right now, Robinson. What's the book that you're uh, selling?
1: yeah this uh, i I released it uh, almost exactly a year ago, actually November uh, last year. It's called Master Your Mortgage for Financial Freedom. And uh, it hit number one in 22 categories on Amazon on launch day. I'm very proud to announce. That's the only time you'll hear me brag, guys. Um, and it's still selling very well. I checked this morning. It was still number one in financing mortgages. Um, awesome. So th- the book is selling well. And uh, lots of inquiries coming into the website. And I get to direct them these homeowners to Smith & Certified Professionals across the country.
0: Very cool. Very cool. You
1: can find find the book at smithman.net, www.smithman.net. But again, if you don't want to buy it for whatever reason, you don't have to. The important thing is to gain the knowledge. So go to the library and check it out for free, right? Awesome. Good place to
0: find it. Well, what we'll be doing here for anybody listening to the show, we're going to have uh, all the links up where you can find Robinson on. I know he's quite often active on LinkedIn and uh, these days doing uh, some great, great, great interviews just like this uh, across the place. We will make sure to be the conduit to get you over to see and uh, meet and get introduced to Robinson's strategies through his book and his resources. Uh, and anyone that's uh, certified as mentioned, or if you have any questions, you can reach out to us directly and we'll make sure to take care of you. Robinson, thank you so much for joining us on the, uh, the show today, my man, really appreciate it. And, uh, we look forward to hopefully having you on again in the future.
1: You got it anytime guys. It's been a pleasure.